Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Give Me Back My Action Movies, the podcast. It is the podcastiest of all podcasts and the most action moviest of all action movies. It's not an action movie. I can't back that one up. But I am your host, Dan. And of course, your other host is Charlie. Charlie, say hello to everyone. You had a little extra caffeine today, didn't you there, Dan? <laughs> well, <laughs> well I, the hype song, man. It's that hype song. We love, always gets me going. I love our hype song. And uh, I don't think anyone could ever guess what our actual hype song before the podcast is. That might be, no, a, that no. might be a fun little contest later on. To, well, uh, un- uh, unbeknownst to you, I recorded the last minute of that. The first minute of this recording tonight is us doing pre-show with the hype song. So <laughs> I've now got it on audio. So whenever you want to hold that uh, contest and whoever wins, we will send them the file. There we go. All right, like Charlie. That. Yeah, that's, I think that's the way we do that. You you so, win but lose at the same time. <laughs> absolutely. So uh, <laughs> that's gonna, someone's oh, going to die if they do that. Oh, man. All righty, Charlie. How was your week, buddy? Good? Uh, week's good, man. Week's really good. Yeah. A whole week between recording of these episodes, it, it, goes, it goes quickly, but it doesn't go quickly. No, yeah, it, it does. Like I I almost kind of wish we were like recording weekly, but then I could realize the chaos that would cause. So I still like the every two week, but, uh, I don't know. It just gets me hyped up. Gives me plenty of time to watch the movie and watch subsequent movies because I'm an overachiever. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you're really into it. So, uh, speaking of movies, this is uh, a little behind the curtains here. This is the last movie that we have um pre-picked i guess you could say yeah for our initial run of episodes not that we didn't expect to do more episodes than just six but we had only really kind of picked out the first six so after this we got to start um uh talking about what our next uh set of movies are i mean we've only got what let's see we do uh two a month one every two weeks 52 so there's only gonna be what like 25 26 episodes a year about 26 so we, yeah yeah, we've got to really kind of choose what movies we want to do, I think. Yeah, uh, like you said, we didn't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, and we're we're kind of following, I don't want to say a formula, but you know, we've been kind of hitting the, the high notes of action moviedom. So, the Mount Rushmore yeah, and actors, not, maybe? Actors, not so much the movie themselves, right. Right. but you know, we're hitting the Chuck Norris, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Jean-Claude Van Damme, we did deviate a little bit for the holiday specials, but I felt like uh, that was yeah. that was fun. People seemed to enjoy that, and you know, it threw yeah. threw a little bit of mix into things. So, uh, but well, we, uh, yeah. And here's the thing too: we didn't pick, we didn't necessarily pick the quote unquote best movies, or no, or maybe not even necessarily our favorite movies from each actor. We have some movies that um, we would have put out with different actors in them, but we're reserving those. We're holding them back. I may, I don't want to say until we get things tightened up on the ship here a little bit, but I mean, we want to hold those back just a little bit longer. Um, yeah. Until we're really, really, really ready for those. Oh, and that's kind of what happened on this one, because I, I I've come to realize with this particular movie, which we're doing the whole thing again, where we're trying to hide the name of it and they've already seen the title. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. we're doing Cobra this week. Mm-hmm. 
and Sylvester Stallone, obviously. And I think in researching this movie and going back through movies he's already done, he may be my actual favorite action movie actor from this era. I think he has a bigger catalog of movies that I think just kind of hit on the right notes. Um, Now, Stallone or uh, Schwarzenegger, way up there. I mean, it's probably, yeah, it's neck and neck, really. Uh, And that's some thick necks, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, um, it's like Stallone just edges him out ever so slightly. And we both have a favorite Stallone movie that we agree about that is probably going to be one of our five Al Leongs. And we decided yeah. not to do that one right now. And I don't know. I think going with Cobra, I wanted to stay with this kind of gritty, darker action movie. Um, the, the thing about Cobra, I mean, so you talk about Sylvester Stallone and I, I kind of have to agree with you because as much as I liked Schwarzenegger and even Chuck Norris and them, Stallone did different subgenres of action movies. I yeah. mean, you had like Cliffhanger and Daylight as the rescue action movies. You had mm-hmm. uh, obviously Rambo's, and you had uh, 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 this one here. You know, you had the Rambo's. You had that like the, the the military style. Then you had the the, the cop ones with this. Yeah, uh, like you this. Also had, like, the, yeah, well, you had the you had comedy ones too, like Tango and Cash. I think it's a super underrated oh, action ab- movie. Absolutely. I love that. It's one of my absolute favorites, him and Kurt Russell. So, you know, uh, I, I would agree. I think across the board, you know, you have Judge Dredd. I mean, across the board, yeah. you have a ton of Schwarzenegger or uh, Stallone-based. He had me do it, too. Yeah. Stallone-based action movies. Yeah, I think he's probably the best. I mean, even Rocky more is it's definitely more a drama. The first one for sure. The second one is yeah. a little bit more they kinda, action-y, I guess. Uh, they but, did, but it was still more like that sports kind of movie, you know. Sure. Sure. And I I like the Rocky movies for sure, but I was always drawn to his Hey man, know, he's bench pressing a log. Come on, dude. Yeah. Well, Arnold Schwarzenegger carried a log, you know, in commando, so we can't compare logs. True. This is getting and, weird and real quick. Mr. Mi- and Mr. Miyagi broke one in half. Yeah. Uh, uh, log no hit back. Um, that's right. Tree no hit back. No, so I think we chose to go with Cobra because A, you hadn't seen it probably what? Oh, de- a decade a or decade. more? Probably a decade, yeah. Um and it was one that I remember when we talked about it, I went, Yeah, let's do Cobra because I remember when I saw it, I was like, Yeah, I I remember liking it. Yeah. Because it it, it really reminded me of some of the dirty hairy movies. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it, it really, really did it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's California. So, I mean, I guess that's one connection there, but I mean, it's gritty. No, there's a lot of dirty, hairy influences on this one. Um, this is in doing the research on this, we'll get into the synopsis here in a second. Um, I found out that Stallone is a heck of a screenwriter and actually has done a majority of his own movies or at least rework the script to some degree. Yeah. He's got a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, stroke when it comes to these movies. He does. And, and yeah, you know, you, you usually do the uh, director thing, but there's going to have to be like an asterisk beside it because essentially Stallone directed this movie. Um, uh, yeah. And I did see some stuff though, where some people were not 
super thrilled with him on set because of some of the yeah. control well, issues that he had. Him and the actual director. Well, go ahead and tell him who the director yeah. is on this. So the director of this one was George P. Cosmatos. Cosmatos. C-O-S-M-A-T-O-S. And uh, he's got 11 director credits to his name on the old IMDb. Uh, it, it goes back to 1971 doing a movie called The Beloved. And he did a few up there until the one that we're going to be real familiar with, 1985's Rambo First Blood Part 2. Yep. Uh, and then obviously after that, he did Cobra. Mm-hmm. He did Leviathan. And the one that I'm real big that jumped out to me was Tombstone. Yeah, he was, he was the director of Tombstone in '93. So, um, you know, I tr- after seeing that, I tried to watch Cobra Two, going, "Can I pick those things out? Can I can I pick out doubtful a directing because style? Because this um, is a straight up Stallone directed this movie. I mean, it's he really, really kind of did. I mean, there's a few instances of where I go, that's kind of Tombstoney. No, but yeah, you're right. This is. You're, yeah, I would say that if if Stallone was the director, yeah, yeah, he directed it. And it's also digging into these things, you know. As I as I just, we, you know, we both agreed that he's probably our favorite action movie. He's mm-hmm. kind of a prima donna on the set, you know. Especially <laughs> yeah, this, uh, well, this movie in particular. Reading through, there's like that no one talked real bad about him but just kind of the way he came off initially at some times he -hmm. was just like you know don't talk to me you know don't don't come near me don't do this but then there's other people that have been interviewed saying well after you know a little while of doing this he kind of i don't know if you could say warmed up and another fun fact about this movie chilled out yeah chilled out chill out um this is a canon movie even though it says yeah. Warner Brothers, this was a joint venture because Canon needed more money, A, because of Stallone, B, because of the way Stallone wrote it. This is a very action-heavy um, movie, and Canon gave Warner Brothers the uh, distribution option as long as they mm-hmm. kicked in a few bit of money. But when you watch it, I think it only says Canon at the very beginning before the movie starts, and then everything else is Warner Brothers as it goes. Yeah, yeah. Um uh... The company credits Warner Brothers, Canon Group, and of course uh, Golden Globus. Yeah, which is uh, productions as well, which is Canon. That's Canon. Um, so we're getting into a little bit more of the technical specs of it, box office and stuff in the second half of the episode. But uh, yeah, like you said, we will go ahead and get into the synopsis. I suppose any news? Any news you want to talk about before we get into that? Uh, let's see. We uh, just witnessed. Uh, I mean, you did see a movie. I did. Uh, Last week. did go and watch Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, no spoilers. You're going to have to watch it to figure out who won, but well, uh, I will spoil one thing. Monsters fight in this. Why'd you have to spoil it, Dan? Well, I'm a jerk. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to go and say this again. Um, if you went to watch this movie for anything other than monsters fighting, you went to the wrong movie. Um, it was not about the human plot. It was not about the acting. It was about giant monsters bashing on each other. And it right. delivered and, 100%. And you can hear, Charlie, on Sludgecast, they did a little um, we did review. We did a spoiler-free, a spoiler-free review. review. So, right. And you recorded it the night after you watched the movie. Yeah, we, right? lo- we left the theater. Studio. 
We went, we left the theater, went straight to Sludge's uh, studio. Uh, his, one of his co-hosts, Ruben is actually in Texas. So he was one hour earlier of us watching it. So he was done an hour early before us. So we were all able to get together and do a review. We had, uh, Sludge's daughter Jada with us, uh, real quick. It was fun. Had a blast doing it. The movie was awesome. Um, the movie at our theater sold out every showing on a Wednesday. So kind of good promise and i'm also seeing that there's a hashtag uh reboot the monster verse so everybody's yeah. wanting the monster verse back um well i did see that also it was the biggest draw i guess for, for like hbo max since they've been out yeah they said this is it's probably had the most amount of plays than anything on there and in other news that is also tied with hbo max we get the new mortal Kombat movie at the end of the month which yeah, is a, a hard R. I mean, this is supposed to be as much blood as they could do without going X-rated. Yeah, this, uh, you know, the costume design on it looks fantastic. The trailers, I'm sure most of you that are listening to this have seen a trailer or teaser or something of it. Um, I think it looks fantastic. I can't so, wait. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, Mortal Kombat will be really good, I hope. And um, fingers I'm glad crossed. You liked it. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's get back in our own. So, yes, if you want to hear that, go check out Sludgecast. Those guys cover it pretty well there. Yep. Let's get back in our personal realm here of the VHS era action movies and talk about the movie uh, Stallone movie, basically a full Stallone movie. Yeah. Um, Cobra. So I'm going to do a quick synopsis. Charlie will correct me uh, <laughs> where I slip up because I tend to sometimes. After last um, episode, you're you're good, man. <laughs> man, like I, dude, it, it's fine. It's no big deal. Like I said, with this movie, I hadn't seen it in like a decade. Yeah, I watched it. Uh, we record these on Thursday nights, as most people know uh, that are on the, uh, the in the group. I watched it on Tuesday night. Yeah, you watched it last. I watched it last, last night, night with Jackie and yeah. one more time today and i've probably watched it more times than you ever have a chance to now <laughs> yeah yeah so um so i if i do flub something jump in here for me i'll catch it all right so this movie is essentially about a hard-nosed police officer named um they call him cobra um his full name is marion cobretti Yep. And uh, it's Marion because it's that was John Wayne's real name was Marion. So that's kind of why he got that name. And Cobretti, uh, he works in L.A. and he is on what they call the zombie squad. And uh, they're basically the the hard nosed cops that go out and take care of things that regular, quote unquote, regular officers can't take care of. So uh, what happens essentially is there's a murder cult, for lack of a better term that are going around and um, serial killing people. And for no rhyme or reason, they're just picking uh, people out of the blue, essentially. But the thing is, the main leader of it, they call the Night Slasher. And the Night Slasher has this big, wicked-looking blade, and he kills everyone. And during one of the attacks where they killed someone, a model named Ingrid played by Brigitte Nelson. She drives by happens to see them 
he comes at her, so he sees her really well, and she books. So now uh, the Night Slasher and his associates know that she has seen them. So now at this point, she's the only person that has seen the Night Slasher and survived. He and his cohorts go after her, and she's a model. So after a modeling uh, shoot one night, they show up to, to kill her. She escapes and ends up in police protective custody under the watchful gaze of Cobra and his partner, um, uh, what's his name? Is it Monty? Gonzalez. This is Gonzalez, yeah. Gonzalez, yeah, his partner, Gonzalez. So these two guys are both zombie squad members, and they're, like I said, they don't they don't play around. They're the hard, tough, tough cops. So in the process of, of her being custody in the hospital, the Night Slasher finds her there and goes to attack her there and uh, is thwarted. But in the process of that, then, after that, Cobra, he's fighting with his the, the chief and the captains and stuff back at the, 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 the police headquarters. And he decides he's taking her out of the city, taking her upstate, hide her out in the rural areas. And he does so, but they find him up there, and we're getting into more details later, but they find him up there, and the Night Slasher and basically an army of these murder cult members come after him, where uh, they have to fight them off and protect Ingrid and then, of course, have a, a final showdown at the end. And, you know, that's pretty much the synopsis of Cobra. I mean, that's pretty much it. There's more details here and there, obviously. Yeah. And we're going to get into those in the second half as well and talk a little bit more about um, different parts, different uh, um, bits, how they were able to track yeah. where Cobra was with Ingrid the whole time. Um, uh, most of you can probably figure it out it was an inside job you know it's an inside Surprise. thing and, but uh, uh, i mean really the way they did it, it they don't hide that they did very long you know as no a, as a yeah wa- you viewer. yeah you yeah as you watch it you know pretty quick um i'll go ahead and just tell you that one of the knights the night stalkers consort i guess I, they just kind call, of allude her, to call it. her girlfriend for the yeah lack of a better yeah they, term. They, they kind of allude to it but anyway she's She's a cop. She works for the police. Yep. Yeah, she works for the police department. So she's able to, um, once Ingrid sees him, she's able to run the license plate, and that's how they track her down. And yeah. then when they're going to go protect her, that's how she calls, you know, tells them about the hospital. And she, she tells them. She gets put on the detail mm-hmm. when they take her out of town. All So she is a constant. She's actually another almost like lead character in this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how they kind of just keep following her and following her. Um. No, definitely what you would call an 80s trope, you know. Super cop. Super cop, save the pretty girl, Mm -hmm. uh, quick love interlude, uh, mouthy partner, and uh, a police chief that screams at you the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's obviously the one-liners and the buddy cop type stuff in there. But the one thing that really jumped out to me about the Cobra character is Stallone tried to make him as cool as the other side of the pillow, man, the oh, coolest yeah. dude he could, he wore, uh, these cool black, cow- I mean, cool for the eighties, mind you. Um, the uh, 80s, 86, 86 is when this came out. So he, you know, uh, cool black biker style cowboy boots, blue jeans that I don't know how he moved around in them. 
I mean, they were yep, they were sizes like too small. Painted on. Yeah, they were ridiculous. Um, not that I was looking. Charlie was probably looking. I wouldn't look. But, there was no uh, way you couldn't see it. In <laughs> it was pretty bad. Yeah, you know, he had like the muscly shirt on. Um, at one time he wore like a cool looking trench coat. The sunglasses, oh, the, the whole nine, the aviator sunglasses. Sir. Yeah, the, the re- aviator high reflective. And then uh, the one know. of the coolest things, and a in my opinion, a cast member. I believe a cast member uncredited was the awesome fifty. His car. Oh Charlie's a car God. guy. Charlie, talk about the car. That man. Merc, man. That that was his car. That's his that car. That was Stallone's car. They made the, the stunt model cars. They the they built two. Middle, yeah. One mm-hmm. for the jump and the off other the, the parking garage. Off the yep. parking garage. And the other was for the chases. Um yes. so all the close up stuff though was Stallone's actual uh fifty Merc. Uh that thing is just a just flat primered out. It was beautiful sounding. So what those are called in the car culture is a lead, yeah, sl- a lead sled. So because I, they actually used lead back then on a lot of the body panels, and when you oh, see okay. this car, you're just like that is the epitome of lead sled right there. Uh, yeah, that car. Like I said, I'm not a big car guy. If I if I had a dream car, it'd be Ecto One because I'm a nerd. Yeah, but the awesome fifty was bad ass. Oh, I, it was yeah. just. <laughs> you know, so I always credit it for, I credit it as a cast member because it's as memorable, to, memorable to me 10 years later as any of the characters or scenes in Cobra. I think the only other inanimate object in that movie that was as noticeable was his handgun with the Cobra grips. Yeah. yeah. He had a pistol, white grips with a Cobra on them. Yeah. yeah. So, um, well, I don't know that knife. The Night Slasher's knife, man. The knife. Recurve, clip tip with a uh, a D guard around the hand and spikes. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, the guy that made it is the same guy that did the uh, Rambo survival knife because that uh, right. yep. Stallone reached out to him to. He basically said, "Make a knife that it just is as memorable by itself. Like people see yeah. that knife and they know where it's from." So I would have. That's to, exactly it. Yeah. yeah. So I'd have to imagine that's the guy that did the, you know, Rambo survival knife. But yeah, that mm-hmm. and there's a funny thing I was reading on that because they do a couple of like close-ups on that knife to kind of get this glint of um because it's a very dark movie. Like yeah, the cults yes. in a sewer or something like that. And yeah, there, there's some goofy stuff. They would do this too. little thing with the <laughs> knife really, yeah. where it would just reflect light. Well, in they order to turn it a certain way to catch that reflection, kind of. So thing. to do that on camera, so that it translated, they built a three foot replica of the knife. Then really? they did like a paint. It was a plastic one, but they did a paint job that looked like chrome, and mm-hmm. that's how they were able to get the camera so close to it without losing detail. And oh, okay. okay, they would be able to turn it into the light and get that glint. Um, just think about that. There's there was a three foot version of this knife floating around somewhere. That, That's pretty awesome. That would be insane. Um, uh, yeah, you, you definitely get that and like put it above your mantle. Absolutely. That was <laughs> cosplay before hey. cosplay was a thing, man. Hey, man. Sidebar: If I could ever have one movie prop to put in my house like that, it's the uh, Roger Young. 
Yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah, the the ship from Starship Troopers. There was a guy uh, selling the Red October at one point. Um, that'd have been pretty cool. Put that in the bathroom, the, right above the the, no, the toilet. No, no. Um, <laughs> this thing was twenty five feet long. It was the the model they used for the exterior shots. So, so almost as big as USS Flag. Almost. Well, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah th- think no, about yeah, that on the big stuff. Sure. But I mean, wrap your head around that's the length of some mobile homes is 25 feet long. Yeah. And this guy yeah. was selling the the model from Red Hot the, that's massive, uh, Red October. Man. That's massive. Um, so Cobra, Charlie, uh, we brought this up because, like I said, it was one of the ones that wasn't, it's not necessarily the first one that pops to your mind. No, it was a little grittier. And like I said, it was cool because it was one I hadn't seen in a long time and remembered liking it more than maybe the first Rambo or something, you know, to me, it was like, Oh yeah, this is a little bit more eighties action because when I think eighties action, a lot of times I think of these buddy cops and blowing stuff up and these super cops and stuff. And that's what this is. This, this really is. I mean, there is a buddy cop element. There is the super cop element. You get every single trope that could possibly be in. You really do. It feels like they shoehorn them in sometimes. Even, they do. Yeah. And that, I guess that's a good segue into the next thing that Cobra is only around because uh, Stallone was originally cast to be in Beverly Hills Cop. So yeah. he was the first guy they picked. Well, and, that's a hell of a different movie, in it? Oh, my God. So... <laughs> So Stallone, like I mentioned, was working on the screenplay for Beverly Hills Cop. And due to the amount of action and the way it was written, it was well outside. I think, is it Paramount that maybe did Beverly Hills Cop? So it was out of yeah. their budget. They said, we can't, we can't do that. So Stallone stepped out of the cast for Beverly Hills Cop and took his screenplay with him. So obviously we got the beloved Axel Foley in Beverly Hills cop. Did, did Bruckheimer do the first one? I know he did the second one. I don't think Bruckheimer did the first Beverly Hills cop. Okay. I know he did the second one. Yeah. I'll have to look that up here in a second. But, um, so we got Cobra because it was too dark and gritty for what they wanted a Beverly Hills cop. So we get two great movies out of one decision on a screenplay. Um, yeah. And I think it's even more funny that, so I know you watched Beverly Hills Cop this week because mm-hmm. you were just messaging me going, I just want to watch something, but I don't want to watch Cobra yet. So you watched Beverly Hills Cop. So I threw it in because obviously it has ties to Cobra. So therefore I watched Beverly Hills Cop 2 today and they don't hide the fact that Beverly Hills Cop was almost Cobra. There's a Cobra <laughs> movie poster in yeah. Rosewood's apartment. Uh, Rosewood's wearing like a trench coat and has every gun imaginable at the end of it. They make so many, they even make a joke about Rambo just putting these little jabs at Stallone in the whole movie. And I was just tickled watching that. I was like, this is great. So I've triple prepared for this movie. I watched Cobra, Beverly Hills Cop and Beverly Hills Cop 2. And they all are cohesive to each other for one reason or another. Sheesh. Uh, looking it up, it looks like the Don Simpson slash Jerry Bruckheimer films is, uh, Beverly Hills cop. The first one is also listed under that. Really? Yeah. I have never looked it up then, I guess. 
Yeah, that, uh, Bad Boys, Bad Boys 2, The Rock, uh, Top Gun, all kinds of cool stuff. So. Somebody shared the trailer. I think we just had the anniversary of Bad Boys or something. There's mm-hmm. a there's a page the that, first one, I think. Yeah. that gets shared in the group. I didn't realize it was 1995 when that movie came out. Yeah, we're old, bro. 95. Yeah, we're old. I, I know. told you that. I know. <laughs> hey, speaking of things that could have, should have, would have been with these movies, there was a particular song originally written yes. for Cobra. Yes, there was. Um, it was it wasn't used. Um uh Stallone wanted to go a different direction. He had a and he had a favorite band, and I wrote the band's name down, but I'm gonna say the band's name after you say uh the band the guy you're talking about. Yeah, so the guy that they got to do the original song for this is a guy named Stan Bush. Now, if you don't know who Stan Bush is, first of all, I don't know if you're listening to the right podcast or that you're old enough, but more or less, Stan Bush was pretty famous for writing some epic 80s movies and music rather uh, for movies, uh, including uh, this one. Okay, that's probably all we can play before Stan <laughs> Bush comes after us, I think. Um, I want to cease and desist from Stan Bush, sir. <laughs> yeah, I'll frame it and put it right here on the wall. I don't care. We talked about Stan, yeah. Stan Bush a few episodes ago. Yeah, yeah. The the, the song The Touch, of course, from Transformers the Movie, yep. was originally made for Cobra. It was written Again. and recorded for <laughs> Cobra. How much different could have cobra or beverly hills cop or even transformers the movie now at this point they're all three interconnected with these kind of things how different could those movies have been how different was our childhood going to be i I have to say you know had around a little bit had the touch been played for cobra it would have been as forgotten as the band that was recorded for cobra which was none other than stallone's favorite band at the time the john cafferty and Beaver Brown Band. Okay, so they also did the song On the Dark Side for Eddie and the Cruisers. Yeah. They're also a favorite of Emperor Palpatine. If you ever watched uh, Robot Chicken, Star yeah, Ro- Wars. Robot Chicken makes yeah. it pretty good. Yeah, Beaver Brown Band. So they, they, um, they beat out Stan Bush. <laughs> but, I mean, I think the touch would have been lost to time except for anyone watching that. And then what song would have ever been as iconic for the Transformers movie? Well, that's the, th- that's the thing. I mean, Transformers had, to me, has two iconic songs, besides the Transformers yeah, you know, yeah, song. Yeah, the, the actual intro. But there's two iconic songs. One is Weird Al's Dare to be Stupid, mm-hmm. and the other is The Touch. Yeah. How did, I mean, they re-released Transformers movie in theaters three years ago, That's four three, years ago, three or four years ago. Right. And I went and saw it with a buddy of mine. And at the end, they had a whole retrospective, like a 20 minute retrospective on Stan doing the touch. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, it was, it's as iconic as the movie itself because it just, okay. If you haven't seen transformers, the movie, you need to watch it yeah. because you're going to really get what we're talking about with this. It's hard to believe that just one song transcends this movie like all you had to hear is that all you had to hear was this that's all you had to hear and that, you know exactly it. it's the touch it's transformers the movie it it is an equivalent to danger zone danger zone eye of the tiger you know you know yeah those you know, movies that, back uh, to the future 
those songs that you can't hear without picturing the movie in your head. Ghostbusters. I mean, yeah, it's one of those iconic songs. So if it had been played on Cobra, I would have been. It would have been if, lost. If, if current me could go back in time and they changed that, I would tell them to not to, because <laughs> that would be heartbreaking, man. That would have been freaking heartbreak maybe that's what happened maybe you were sitting there in stallone's ear going hey man what about the uh beaver brown band yeah i, I, I think they're think a little he, bit better i think he, i would have told him bruce Hornsby in the range or something but um <laughs> i think he would have punched me if i was hanging out with him anyway so i don't think you would have been hanging out with him according to the rest of the cast <laughs> uh, who's who's this fat guy we were talking to me about the beaver brown band uh and and by the way who in the hell's favorite why is the beaver brown band anyone's favorite band i have no idea i can't answer that one <laughs> i got nothing man it's pretty wacked wackadoo um all right man you want to take a quick break yeah i think it's time for us to take a break you feeling breakage let's take all some right break. we're gonna take a we're gonna take a quick break and uh, i'm gonna play uh, a minute commercial if you guys have been listening to the last few episodes you you know what's coming you, you know so what's stick around <laughs> yeah you 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 know who it is uh so stick around. We're going to come back. We're going to get into specifics of the movie. We're going to play some uh, little dialogue clips as we always do. Don't tell uh, Canon because they'll probably come after us. There's and, no more uh, Canon anymore. We're fine. Oh, good. Well, that'll teach him. <laughs> All right. So everyone chill out. We'll be back in a minute. Thanks for listening to Give Me Back My Action Movies, the podcast. Um, see, you in, see you in a minute. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, me again. I just wanted to let you know real quick that I also co-host another podcast, a weekly podcast called the NOCA News Network. I'm Ricky. I also co-host the NOCA News Network podcast with you, Dan. I know you snuck in here on this one, didn't you? Yes, I did. Everyone, we appreciate everybody listening to Give Me Back My Action Movies, obviously, but if you'd like to listen to news that no one cares about, then check us out at NOCA News Network. Ricky, where can they find us? We're on Spotify, we're on uh, Apple Music, we're or, or iTunes Podcasts, however that Whatever works. it's called. However that works. And you can check us out on Facebook as well, and you can always email us over at newsroom at nocanews.com, and uh, check us out over there. We're having that's, a good time, Ricky. That's true. We're posting the podcast to our YouTube channel, too, so if you'd rather watch it that way, it's over there. Just search Noka News Network. And, and enjoy the news that no one cares about. It's a good time. I promise. Hmm. all right everybody thank you for in, indulging my more insane side with that commercial but welcome back to the give me back my action movies podcast charlie yes what's your what, i have to ask like i don't know Go what's ahead. your favorite uh favorite segment from noca Oh, my favorite segment from NOCA. Uh, let's yeah. see. The, uh, uh, metal news. Yeah. I love metal news. I just, I just wanted you to say it. No, I'll say All it. right, folks. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to uh, gratuitously pat myself on the back or something else. That's all. How much am I getting paid uh, for that bit? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Cobra. Don't you Cobra. Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> all right, so uh cobra and brigitte no okay stallone and brigitte nelson this was kind of the start of that relationship i that they had yes this is 
is this this is the first one I where think that where so, it started yeah. i think yeah so um brigitte nelson you know she went from stallone to flavor flave i mean you talk about ends of the spectrum bro uh dude i mean i mean if you want to break it down a little bit more she went from like schwarzenegger to stallone to dolph and to all these guys along the action movie and then know, to spectrum. flavor flave then to flavor flave yeah and it's still so, a mountain of a woman and was also in Beverly Hills Cop 2 that I just watched today. She's, yeah, she's one you, of the bad guys in it. Now watch that. Axel has a particular uh, assessment of her size. Yeah. So there's... Cobra starts off with a member of this New World Revolution or this New World Murder Cult, whatever they're calling themselves. Uh, yeah. By the way, they got that cool tattoo with the skull and the crossed axis. I do like the tattoo. The The imagery is pretty badass in this. It yeah, they really do this is. thing where they're in the sewers with the axes and they're taking them together. Tink, 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 tink. That kind of got cool monotonous bit. after a while, though, especially yeah, in I that th- first. I segment. like to think on purpose because it kind of graded on your nerves. It that they ever they, they achieved that, yeah, I guess. That they did. So, anyway, a member of this group goes to a um, grocery store during Christmas. This is not a Christmas movie, we're not going to argue that, uh, but it's definitely during Christmas because there's trees and stuff up. All right, so the beginning of the movie, he's going to a supermarket because that's where the they they have this, I don't know, soldier. He calls himself a hunter for this this murder cult, and yeah. he's at the, the grocery store. And um, he's there because he wants to get on TV. He wants to throw the rhetoric, rhetoric around or whatever. Yeah. And um, so the captain and everyone's out there, and they can't talk him down, so they go, they, they give me the cobra. Get the cobra. Yeah. And that really kind of sets the tone and shows you what they really kind of feel, how they feel about the Cobra. Yeah. He's kind of like the nuclear option. Yeah. He, yeah. He's like their last bottom line of defense type of thing. Yeah. And, um, so they call him and of course the awesome 50 shows up and he gets out looking like a complete, you know, rock star badass oh. essentially. It, the tag um, even says awesome 50. Awesome 50. <laughs> now I, I did read somewhere that, he got the name the Zombie Squad because it was there's a real there was a real European law enforcement country. Yeah. Uh Denmark, maybe I can't remember now off the top of my head. But they had a zombie squad that would go out in the middle of the night and deal with criminals that were just over the top. And yeah. that's what they they dealt the, with it by any means. The scum necessary. of scum. Yeah. It yeah. was and and that's that was Cobretti's job. That's Cobra's job. So he comes in they... there. Yeah, that's how they pretty much do this in that movie. I mean, yeah, it really is. And so he shows up and he goes into this, this grocery store. And this is after I only saw one dead body in the entire grocery store. This guy killed one kid. He yeah. shot him in the back of the shotgun. That's so it. It's just chaos. He's shooting at the displays. He's blowing he's the hell out of some meat and some dairy products. He's shooting everything <laughs> but the people. Yeah. And yeah. He just wants the attention. Then he gets everyone gathered in and he's wanting the, the news cameras. Mm-hmm. Give me the news cameras. Give me the news cameras. And they, they get the Cobra in and he kind of sneaks in, gets around the back. Uh, and the, couple, the guy really good parts in this. Yeah. And the guy just picks out this random young guy, you know, this young kid and says, you can leave. You're free. And so, you know, the guy's kind of like, I don't know what the heck's going on. And he gets up and slowly walks away, then tries to run. And the guy blows him away with the shotgun out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, 
I didn't understand that part. That part no, that was, was a odd little, to me. It was a little weird. Uh, so Cobra shows up finally and he sees him in the store. He knows he's there and he's running around and um, Cobra, he, he it, it's kind of, like I said, he's, he's the badass, right? So he pokes his head around the corner, grabs a, a big beer, cracks it open, takes a big couple swigs out of it and throws it in the guy, shotguns it. Can um, I, can I say something about the product placement in this flipping <laughs> movie? Uh, yeah. Cause being from that era, I had a blast just seeing this stuff on the shelves in the store, <laughs> the old school Pepsi display that had the, like the cup was pouring out Pepsi and it was like the yep. spiral of Brown. Uh-huh. And right next to it was the Coors beer that Cobra just picks one up, cracks it open, drinks it and throws the rest to distract yeah, the guy. It, it was pretty hilarious. It's I, I love so that. It's so 80s. It's so yeah. 80s. He, he finally gets on the, like the, the overhead, you know, oh, clean up on aisle nine the kind PA. of microphone. Yeah. And he tells the guy, he's like, you wasted a kid for no reason. You're a horrible shot. Yeah. You know, we're going to end this. And he, he pops out of nowhere on the guy and the guy turns around and he's like, ah, you know, and he pulls his gun on him and the dude's like, you know, drop the gun. I got a bomb. I'm going to blow it up. And I wish I didn't have a clip for it, but Stallone looks and goes, go ahead. I don't shop here. You know, it's just, it's <laughs> classic eighties, like one line thing. That was, it's like, go so ahead. Good. I don't shop here. I yeah. Like, so good. There you go. Um, and he, he, you know, he takes him out essentially takes him out, uh, with extreme prejudice. But as he's talking to this guy, um, he's got this line and it's, it's, would you say it's the most famous line of the movie? hundred percent. Okay. This is probably the line that's, I bet people quote this line and don't even realize it's actually from this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Here it is. I'm a hero of the new world. You're a disease and I'm the cure. You're the disease and I'm the cure. That, yeah, that's, that's such a, a cold good line, man. That's a cold line. That is honestly, if it hadn't have been like so many syllables, it would have, it could have been a, a catchphrase for him. Like Arnold's I'll be back. Yeah. If it hadn't have been. And I guess in the movie, we didn't talk about this in the beginning, but this movie was like over two hours long originally. Yeah, they had to they cut, it. cut they cut 40 minutes out. It achieved an X rating because of the amount of violence, not 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 anything about nudity or anything. It no, got an X rating on violence. And in my research, there is actually a copy floating around of very poor quality, but there is a full cut of this movie that I, I think I'm on a hunt now to try yeah. and find. You need to see if either you or Sludge can try to dredge yeah, out somewhere, um, or maybe even Pete. But I bring that up because he actually was supposed to say that line again at the climax of the movie when he faces off with the Night Slasher, which kind of makes sense, although I think the ending works out pretty good, too. Yeah. Um, the, the way yeah, they shortened it up. Absolutely. The He takes this guy out, and as he's leaving, he's got all the reporters in his face. and you know, I give, love this part. I, I do, too. It's, it's really kind of exemplifies why Cobra does what he does. Yeah. And the guy's in his face and he's like, did you take him out? Did you use unnecessary violence, unnecessary force or whatever? And he grabs the, the, the reporter and the corpse of the dead kid. It just happens to be there. 
and he pulls back the sheet and he, he throws the reporter's face down there and he goes you tell that to his family yeah you know kind of thing and and that really kind of to me it echoed back to the diehard line of you know talking about blowing up the whole building or whatever and the kids yeah like, Screw you mister well, yeah you've got all these was that, uh diehard it was um where did he, what was that? Oh, he that was Demolition Man. Demolition Man. Yeah, and he no. says the whole thing. Well, Die Hard, they talk, they go to the family and... Well, you kind of had that same and... reporter thing. Now, there's there's a part of this that I absolutely love, and it's a, it's a tiny foreshadow for a Stallone fan that one of the... I think it's even the same reporter we're talking about. He goes, what makes you judge an executioner? And you're just like... Uh, he's yeah. going to play Judge Dredd later on. Yeah, and it's right, just right. this whole, what makes you judge an executioner? And I just, I smile every time I hear that because yeah. Stallone was Judge Dredd. Uh, yeah. Who, again, if you don't know, he's also the executioner. Judge um, and executioner. Executioner. And exactly. jury. Judge, yeah. jury, and executioner. Yeah. Judge, Judy, and executioner. I, right. There exactly. you go. I, I just so, love that. I love every time I see that part pop up. Yeah. That that is really cool because you're like, especially when you go back and watch these movies again, which is probably my favorite part of this podcast is going back and watching these again, especially this one because I hadn't seen it in so long. Um, so all of that was really cool, and that really kind of sets the tone, the character tone of who Cobra is. Yeah. Um, then you have the whole thing with Brigitte Nelson seeing the slasher and the the lady cop doing all this stuff, and they go to track her down, and then in the most 80s thing in the whole movie oh my god she starts she's doing this photo shoot to 80s music um and she's basically trying to hump robots or something i don't know what's going on with it there's a ton of these really bad 80s robot chrome robots yeah and she's she's running around in a bathing suit and loving on them and everything else it's super well, 80s. It, it is a straight up 80s model shoot she's in oh, a leisure yeah. she's in like a business outfit then she's in like a leisure then she's in lingerie she's and she's like just suit, I think, or something. She's rubbing up on these robots made out of God knows what. She basically has junk. the same hair she had in Beverly Hills Cop 2 at one time. Yes. That blonde half wig. The blonde thing. half wig. Um, yeah. And it's funny. That is her actual hair. And the hair you see her with the rest of the movie is a wig. So that <laughs> curly kind of hair she has throughout, that is not she her looks real, real hair. Yeah, yeah, that's not her real hair. And that's moving magic for you. She is she is a statuesque person. Uh, She's a very again. I Axel describes her yeah perfectly size probably in, the best yeah in Beverly Hills Cop too. Uh, and I have to imagine that there was some camera trickery when there was actual side by side shots with her and Stallone because I don't Stallone think Stallone's is that tall. I I can't imagine he's very tall. I know they had to do that with Arnold Schwarzenegger and jamie lee curtis in true lies um so and i know stallone is not that much taller than um than schwarzenegger oh yeah yeah. gotcha oh here he is he's five foot nine and a half okay so we're taller than him you're you're drago tall but yeah i'm 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 taller than rocky (laughs) yeah you made nothing rock um so <laughs> so that's just mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ain't nothing rock to tell either. So as as the night slasher's trying to get to and we haven't even talked about the night slasher played um Brian Thompson. Brian Thompson. 
I know him mostly from two different movies. One, Lionheart, because yes. like he's the hired muscle for the chicken Lionheart. Yep. And Mortal Kombat, the original Mortal Kombat movie. He is um um uh, the dude with the skull mask, the main Mortal Kombat guy it, at the end. It's um King Well the, at the end, but didn't he play it in Annihilation more? He oh, was the yeah, main. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was in Annihilation more, but I think he just does like Sh- a quick Shao Kahn, whatever. Yeah, Shao Kahn. I think he just does like a quick whatever. In I don't Kombat. know if that was yeah. him in the first one, but yeah, he's Actually, playing that same. Then. He's playing that role. He's Shao Kahn in there. Yeah, he's the he's also probably to a lot of people that don't watch action movies. He was one of the um, one of the characters in the X Files. Um, yeah, he's creepy and scary. Look, I can see that. Yeah, he. Yeah, here it is. That he was the alien bounty hunter in yeah. nine okay. episodes so sure. he has that face and dude's yeah. cut like oh, he yeah, was yeah. just He's as cut as stallone in this movie yeah, um, the, thing, the thing i mentioned to you about this movie for some reason he's always sweating he's always super wet i i couldn't <laughs> explain that now other than we know it's in december so i don't know how hot la gets but they're in a sewer so i'm just maybe it's a little damp I think but he's got hypertension. I think he's got a, a blood pressure issue. Dude was always wet. Always sweaty. So Battery was a pro wrestler. He was always sweaty though. Always yeah. wet hair, beaded sweat on his forehead. Um But he's trying to he's trying to come after her essentially. So like you know, we gotta have her protected by Cobra and stuff, but you know, now we've got Cobra established. We got Ingrid yeah. established, we got the the night stalker established kind of now we have to get into cobra's um partner partner gonzalez the person that he cares about pretty much the most in the world it seems like well and, yeah we're it's kind of like cobra doesn't have family or something you know right. very close so gonzalez is like the brother or something like the the, the typical buddy cop kind of yeah scenario and gonzalez is a little bit more of a train wreck whereas cobra's put together sort of like he talks about health food even though he eats all right okay we gotta talk about this after the, the supermarket thing he goes home he grabs out <laughs> a, a, a pizza box and a carton of eggs the carton of eggs has got his his gun, his his gun, gun cleaning kit, kit in it. And he's got a piece of pizza in there he cuts a snip off with scissors and eats that snip and throws the rest of pizza back in the box i never understood what the holy hell that was supposed to be that was his cheat day i guess i don't know I, that I don't know. that was very that's also right when you get the toys r us christmas commercial because yeah. he's watching yeah. television well before time. that as he pulls up though he's got a bunch of um hispanic la folks out there in their car yeah. parked in his spot and he has to have a talk with them get it, for your health you know what is pinche yeah, me you know so he 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 basically bumps their car out of the way they yell at him and he's like again i'm a badass get out of my face yeah so they're later like, on later on he comes to park to the house and they just move for him. yeah they're like half parked in his parking spot apparently and he uses the merc to push their like 64 impala which i would just i wouldn't have done that with that car that, Bumper to bumper, shoves it, and this guy gets out trying to act all hard, and he just like grabs him by the shirt and rips it. And this is a scene. Uh, apparently, it's a goof, 
But when he rips that dude's shirt off, he's got a microphone taped to his chest. Does he? I never noticed so, that. So watching this movie so many years before, I'm like, is this guy like an undercover informant and Stallone just got pissed off at him and ripped his shirt? Well, it turns out it's a goof. That was the mic to pick up the guy's dialogue for the movie. <laughs> they just went boom? with it. Yeah, it's they just boom like they just did. Well, that. it's it's a wide shot, so there wasn't really a way if you think about it on that street that could have done Makes a boom. Sense. Yeah, so he's his mic becomes visible right after he rips his shirt, and they just left it in the movie. They just let it go. Um, so I always thought he was an, a, a UC, an undercover, you know, narc or something. <laughs> it's so wild, but so he and Gonzalez start talking. So Cobra is supposed to be a health food nut, but he eats half a piece of pizza. I don't know. So maybe that's why he's a health food nut. He only ate half a piece of pizza or whatever. Oh no, he's always riding Gonzalez about the crap food he eats. Yeah, he's always about. He he tells him he's too violent, and Gonzalez is like me. He goes, it's all the sugar you eat. You know, I it, love it's that. a lot of really good stuff there, but. Uh, Cobra, even though he's, he's hard edged, he's still got a sense of humor to him. So when he's in, he's in getting grilled by the captain and another detective and the chiefs there and stuff. And the other detective is giving him crap about it. It came out that they, she saw the slasher's face, drew a little picture and they're like, Oh wow. You've got a copy of that. He's like, yeah. And they're like, well, why in the hell did you tell us? And this will give you this, a little, snippet of kind of like the sense of humor you didn't say the magic word what magic word please no freddy do you know you have an attitude problem yeah but it's just a little one you know i i, yeah. I love that line like when i heard that line again watching this i went oh that's right i love that line i remember it being hilarious and I, I didn't remember it because it'd been so long. But once I heard it, it, like kind of the memory kind of flooded back to me, like, oh man, I remember that. That was hilarious. And it, again, it's just that whole trope of the chief always yep. yelling at the underlings. You've got your yes man, you know, just kind of parroting everything the yep. chief says. And, yep. you know, Stallone just plays it 100% cool in this movie. Even Gazala's makes a joke like, I just really want to punch that guy straight in the gut. You know, it, yeah. it's just funny. Yeah, and um, that's when Stallone's like, "You're just too violent." You know, yeah, that's just, when he does the. Yeah, you're just really yeah, violent. <laughs> yeah, it's that, that's pretty good. But you know, when they take Brigitte Nelson and they take her upstate, um, she starts talking to Gonzalez a little bit, and Gonzalez kind of opens up about how Cobra's he he's, I know he's like this super hard badass, but he's also a human being type of thing. Talks to her and tells her. His real name is Marion yeah. and she goes and talks to him about it. And they have a, a kind of a, I don't know what a soft moment. About this. It's, it's that bond moment, I guess you needed to have, you know, where they get a little personable, you know, you, you, it's to a point now we have to care about the characters. Yeah. So, so here's, uh, I like to equate it to the, uh, burnt Reynolds, Sally field in the park scene, mm. kind of when they're, they're being human. I always wanted to have a tougher one myself. You know, something a little harder name. Like what? Alice. <laughs> you know, so so he shows that, that Cobra's got a sense of humor about things, and I would say he's probably got to have one <laughs> you know, to, to do what he does, what his line of line of work entails, you know, as far as being zombie squad. He's gotta have kind of a sense of humor or he'd probably lose his mind, man. 
and I like that line too, where they talk about the first name because we we just had a discussion about this in the group where we were kind of poking fun at. It was like name your top five yeah, action yeah. characters, and I I don't know why it happened, but we all just started naming off any character that was named John, There's John Rambo, John, John May. Well, because of that actual trope, they didn't want it to be like John Cobra. They went the complete opposite and went with Marion, you know, obviously for the John Wayne end, but they just wanted to break that kind of cycle of everything was named. Every action guy was John just about back in the eighties and nineties. And who are the, who are the big Stallone Johns? Oh, well you got John Rambo, uh, John Spartan, which is demolition man. Uh, everybody was doing uh, John matrix, which was uh, 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 Conan Schwarzenegger. Or com- uh, com- uh, commando 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 um then we did john mcclain obviously for die hard and i just started going uh i don't know maybe dutch's first name from predator was john which it's not it was alan schaefer but everybody <laughs> got the joke it w- we were having fun with it in the group and no, just everyone they were doing john wick uh johnny mnemonic was another one we were throwing yeah that was there. pretty good that was a good one so, no it's we'll funny. Go to john and like i don't know uh maximum overdrive somewhere or something Ah, Joey. Joey was Pat. Was was Amelia Estevez his name Johnny? Uh, no, it was. They called him generic. They called him Bubba most of the movie, but he had another name. I can't remember off my head. Something generic, I'm sure. But Um, yeah. So so they go through. They find out that this this female cop is now associated with them. Yeah, she sets them up. I mean, pretty hard. They're at a hotel or motel. Um, and yeah, she, they don't have continental breakfast at this place, bro. It's like this small town and this is a very like Mad Max feel to this scene. It's just this huge motorcycle gang of the night stalkers or whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. roll in the town with shotguns, automatic weapons. And there's well, he, prob- well, he pulls, he whips out a machine gun at this point. He well, he, builds bro- a machine he whips gun out there. His duffel bag's an arsenal. He pulls out grenades. Mm-hmm. He's got the laser-mounted mach- machine gun, and I know I love how everyone, all the badass guns had laser sights on them back in the eighties, and they were huge. Oh, yeah, Riggs got one in what Lethal Weapon Two, yeah, the size of a mag light, play, <laughs> playing around with them. Well, his yeah, uh, Cobra's uh, laser lights like the length of the gun. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of silliness, but I guess, you know, that's the technology back then. But one thing I always found hilarious and I was watching it last night going, yeah, this is, this, this is right. Cobra never misses a shot. Yeah, Every man. time he pulls the trigger, a guy dies. That's classic eighties, uh, super cop thing. Well, I, Although, I guess it is, but, but, but in reality though, when I sit back and thought about that and saw that, I was, I thought to myself, I was, I was watching it going. So there's a scene where they're escaping after all hell breaks loose at the hotel and Gonzalez gets hurt and, and taken yeah. down and stuff. She, uh, Brigitte Nelson's taken off in a, in a, a pickup truck. Mm-hmm. Cobra's standing in the back of it and he's gunning down all these bad dudes and holding the machine gun sideways at his waist. You know, he's not hitting. Oh yeah. He's hit. He's hip firing and still <laughs> hitting everyone yeah. on motorcycles doing yes. 70 backwards. Yeah. So I'm watching this going, going though, going, if there was any backstory to this, because well, this is based on a book. Uh, yeah. It's a book by uh, Paula Gosling. It's a novel, yeah. so maybe this answers the question, but 
I'm thinking to myself, like, Cobra's got to be some type of military trained mm-hmm. something. I mean, obviously, I'm suspending disbelief here, but to be able to shoot like that, do all this stuff, he's got to be some type of military trained personnel yeah. that uh, now yeah, is they, out and being a cop. They don't really dig into that. And no. don't, leave, don't leave people hanging. The book was called Fair Game. And if that yes. name's familiar, there was an actual movie that was done more based. That. There's a it's more based on the book, and it was one of the Baldwin's and Cindy Crawford. Yeah, there's like 193 Baldwin's. Yeah, I there's, don't know which there, one it there's was. There's a couple of them that are pretty good. If it ain't the Shadow, I don't really care. I don't no. Billy or is, or well, the yeah, one Billy, from Firefly. Uh, Billy, Alex, Stephen, of uh, uh, Huey, Louie, Dewey. <laughs> Dash Larry Curly and Moe. Yeah, there's a ton of them. So, uh, so anyway, they go up there and they finally get to this whole the the final fight. The final fight again, like you said, it's all really 80s action trope. The final fight oh occurs God. in a smelting facility, a la Terminator, dude. So it's all fire and sparks. And industrial fight area. It's I'm I'm watching it going. Okay, I loved this movie when I was a kid. I'm watching it now, going. I like the gritty feel of it, but come on, guys, really, this is what we're doing. This is every everything was on fire. Like a lot OSHA, of fire in this movie. OSHA would have had a heyday in this. So they, I guess they kind of play it up when they shoot the security guard, when the girl's chasing Ingrid and it hits this control board in like five places. Well, apparently that control board controlled the smelter, the welder, the lava river that runs through the middle of the plant with no guardrail, the crane, uh, the crane that goes through blow torches. They do talk that they don't want to build a rail to be leaning the entire time. That's true. They said we'd be leaning all day. I but leaning, I, right? There, there is a literal li- river of lava, molten metal, go ahead, whatever, flowing through this place along the floor. And then there's a giant machine that's just creating a shower of sparks <laughs> continuously. <laughs> it doesn't stop. And at one time, they walked through a hallway of flame. Uh, flame spouts like uh, the end of a blowtorch or flamethrower. Yeah. Well, what then the hell? It was one as guy, dumb as Obi Wan trying to run through one after uh, Qui Gon and, and 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 oh Darth Maul. Uh, yeah. Darth Maul. What the hell are the you doing? Duel guy? of the Fates. Yeah. What's but the purpose of this? There's a whole scene where like one of the bad guys is walking down this hallway, and Cobra's hiding around the corner and looks around and goes, "Oh." And turns this random valve, yeah, and flame jumps up on this dude exactly where he's standing and burns him to a crisp. Yeah, he just happened to know where that dial was, and you're just like, "Look, I get it. It's an '80s action flick. I've got to suspend my disbelief here." But oh, I and I do. But you're like, "Did you trace that with your eye?" And you're like, "Okay, that is the gas that goes over to this diverter," and then he dumps. The most flammable liquid possible on a guy from overhead. <laughs> there is an open flame behind the guy that doesn't ignite him, but Stallone gets to flick a match off of the hilt of his he's, gun. He's always chewing on a match. He's always got yeah. a match, and he flicks it off the edge of his gun and flicks it down on the guy, and he bursts into flames. 
all while the fire is in the background of this guy while he's doused in flammable liquid. Yeah, I'm watching this, and and Cobra's on the catwalk walking around, and I see this bucket, and on, on the side of it, it's the biggest words flammable across it, and I'm going no no lid on the bucket, no lid on the damn thing, and I went <laughs> okay, you're in a pl- you're in a building that is 99% fire, and you have a bucket that says flammable on a catwalk with no lid on it. <laughs> Did, what, is, what the hell is it? This is the absolute worst safety violation OSHA crap. I almost called it. I almost paused the movie and called OSHA and reported this movie just so they could come uh, shut it down. This was it was great canon right here. This I watched it and you, went, well, that's getting poured on somebody and set on fire. There it is. App, yeah. There it is. Oh, you mean like the foreshadowing of the giant hook? that just kind of grows into the background half a dozen times yeah, they along got this, hook, this pulley. This hook keeps coming through the background like Tommy Boy, right? Where yeah. he's fighting the hook thing, and it just <laughs> keeps going through the background of this factory and stuff. And I'm watching. By the way, that a 55-gallon drum of water from that height would have knocked that guy down when it hit him. It would have killed him because a I know gallon of A wa- gallon of water from a second story will almost knock a grown six-foot-plus man out. I can I confirm that. Yeah, I saw it on the internet. So yeah, yeah. The so the crane comes by. So okay, they they they, they shoot into the fight. Yeah, yeah. They shoot the the lady cop. Think they take her out. She shows up at the end, and they have to fight again and whatever. Well, they, Night they, Slasher ends up shooting her because she yeah. jumps on Stallone's <laughs> back. Whoopsie. Yeah. So that all happens. So there's a couple really good lines that happen back and forth here between uh cobra and the slasher because the slasher really believes the rhetoric that he is a hunter he is there to call the weak as the new yeah. world order takes place and stuff it's so, a straight up cult yeah it so here's here's yeah it's real jim jonesy so here's the one line you can't stop the new world your filthy society will never get rid of people like us it's breathing them. We are the future. No. Your history. So at that point, he gets ready to shoot him with a shotgun, and then the crazy cop lady jumps on his back. Yeah. He drops the shotgun. So there, of course, now he's got to fight him. You oh, know, because yeah. it's a classic 80s flick. So as he's getting ready to fight the Night Slasher, the Night Slasher's like, oh, okay, well, you're a cop and I'm a maniac, so I'm just going to use this, this, this technique to get you to lower your guards so I can get you. Court is civilized, isn't it, Pig? But I'm not. This is where the law stops. And I start. That line's hard as hell, dude. It is. He's like <laughs> goading him into like, you can't kill me, you have to arrest me. You're the law. You have to do this. And this is that whole zombie squad kind of feel we get that Stallone's just done. He's like, you're going to die and you're not walking out of here. Um, yeah, no, this is, it's a pretty hard line. So, so those two start scrapping a la matrix and, um, uh, Bennett style and commando. It really was. I know. Right. So they start scrapping the night stalker obviously has his, Billy badass knife. Yeah. And Stallone gets a chain and he starts swinging back and forth a la bad dudes. It is a pretty cool fight though, to be honest. It's it's pretty good. It's no guns. 
Mm-hmm. So they didn't want to do the quick shoot him and he's dead. No, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, the the thing I noticed though, as they're fighting, and um, the the slashers about to push him in the the river of lava that just conveniently <laughs> has to be in the floor. Um, he's got the knife, and it's a really cool scene actually. He's got the spikes, and he's getting to drive him right into Cobretti's like eyes, basically right yeah. the bridge of his nose. And it's a cool looking scene, and Cobretti's like, ah, and he's got him with both hands, pushing his hand away from him. And I'm sitting there watching it going. Why didn't the slasher use his free hand to just punch him in the face or punch him in the nards or, I don't know, put a finger in his nose or do something? He's got a free hand. You've got one hand on the knife. Cabretti's got his both hands on your knife hand. Where's the slasher's other hand? What's he doing? Uh, uh, waving, scratching his butt. What's going on here? Holding himself up from the river of lava that's only a foot away from their heads that would have scalded the skin off of them for just being that close. Dude, lame. It didn't, it didn't scald <laughs> the back of Cobra's head off and he was closer. Yeah, he was like six inches away from the river of lava. I mean, at least then we had an excuse for the slasher to be wet, you know. Yeah, that whole thing was He's in a building full of fire, so that makes sense. And sweaty. That made more sense that way. So they fight. He ends up starting to body shot the the night slasher there until he's about to go down. Hangs him up on this hook. Oh, he picks him up. like just (laughs) Yeah. First of all, come on, dude. Brian's a big boy. You're going to think you are. Brian's a monster of a dude. Yeah, man. So he hangs him on this hook, though, and that's probably the best part. I should have got a sound clip where he hangs him up there and he basically he's, uh, uh, and he's screaming. And like, I'm watching it going, did he really hook you hang him on this hook? Does that sound like that hurt like hell? It's a like, blunt, large hunk of metal hook. Like <laughs> to punch that through flesh would have taken some effort. It's, it's not like a, it didn't come to a point. No, no, it was pretty blunted. It was and, like inch and a half thick steel. And like, I don't know, three foot by four foot. That's how big and ridiculous this thing was. All I know is he probably dropped it right on his uh, pre-made puncture wound there below the belt or something because... Well, he hooks him in the probably, shoulder. Dude, that's the sound I would have been making, though, if you would have hooked me on that thing. Dude, that was probably the best acting in the whole movie. I got to admit, that was probably him screaming. And no, I, essentially, I, he's he's trying to get off this thing and he goes through yet another elevated tunnel of flames at this point. Yeah, it's like this Stargate-looking thing that has like 12 different blowtorches. Kurt Russell's trying to figure out where the hell he's going. I don't know. Yeah, trying to figure out what's the next symbol. And this hook just goes right through it with him, and he burns him while he's hanging on the hook. It's pretty spectacular. I mean, a little bit better than the diehard dude breaking his neck. Yeah, right. no, it definitely looked cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's it, like it gets this movie gets style points. I mean, there's a lot that again, visually, I, yes, I it think was this almost is grindhousey, wasn't it? It really was. I think that's the Stallone flavor we got in this. You yeah. know, it. So it's just so good. He beats them. He he sees Brigitte. He's like, Are you okay, and she's like, Yeah, and he's like, All right, cool. Yeah, she just casually walks down the steps wearing her Jordache. She's chill, yeah. Yeah. So they walk out, and at this point, all the California Highway, highway, the California Highway Patrol, yeah, (laughs) the Chips, Ponch, and Baker are there, and everyone else showed up. The the captain's there now in a helicopter, flew up from L.A. evidently, and they're talking about the whole thing and and this, that, and the other. And they go to Gonzalez, who's now in the back of an ambulance, getting ready to take him down. Yeah, to we're, we were unsure if he was dead or right. alive at the big fight. Yeah, and that was now, kind of a cool twist, actually. 
So they didn't walk back into the town. They were still at the warehouse. So did they drive Gonzalez to the warehouse to say goodbye to Cobretti while they load him into the ambulance? (laughs) My answer is 1986, sir. (laughs) You're not wrong, but I mean, there was a lengthy truck chase away from the town. And now they leave the warehouse and Gonzalez is getting loaded up. Did he like hobble his way <laughs> trying to finish the fight? Maybe actually he, maybe he let's, did get a car. Let's do that. There. Let's say sure. he, he, he picked up. You're welcome. One of the, You're welcome. Cannon. We finished your movie for you. He picked up one of the 30 motorcycles and rode it out there bleeding out from like two gunshot wounds. Well, hold dude, there's 40 extra minutes out there somewhere. Maybe he did. That's true. Maybe there's more to this in the other. All right, cut. now we gotta we gotta find the crap cut of this and watch. I it. gotta Snyder. find it. We, I don't care you know how in that. You gotta find the Snyder cut of Cobra and House. We can watch. Release that the Cobra cut. Release the Cobra <laughs> cut. So he talks to Gonzalez, and here's here's basically the final bit of them two being like bros. Kill for something. Gummy bears. He wants his gummy bears because, again, it's always about him eating junk. Food. He's eating junk food throughout the whole movie, so he, it does kind of tie into it. But it's it's just hilarious how that works. I will say one thing though, I I wish I I didn't wa- I I hadn't watched this in in Blu-ray. This movie really deserves to be watched either on VHS or the original crappy DVDs we used to get because. It's too polished on Blu-ray, mm-hmm. and I kept getting distracted by that. I I pretended it was a real video store. I paid three bucks to to Amazon and watched it that way. And you yeah. can still see that there was some grit in the film. There is still and, some, and that's good. But well, it's like I have I had uh, Beverly Hills Cop two on Blu-ray watching it today, and it's still grainy. You know, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it yeah. wasn't a clean transfer. But Cobra, like they tweaked it. And it's very polished. And I'm like, I still love the movie, but I'm like, this movie was designed to see gritty. I don't care how grainy Beverly Hills Cop 2 was. It was still much better than any polish they put on Beverly Hills Cop 3. This is true, but I still have three and I still watch it because it's it's still part of it. Well, yeah, because Surge is still in it. Yeah. All right, man. Let's get to. Oh, and at the end, he punches a guy in the face. Obviously, he punches uh, the guy that Gonzalez wanted to punch. So, and then they play get, the Beaver Brown Band. And then we close on the Beaver Brown Band. All right, Charlie. So let's get to one more part here uh, that we want to start doing on these 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 episodes, these movies. Yep. And if we can't find hard facts on the internet, then the human abacus Charlie Chase will count them up himself and tell you the exact or at least as exact as we can get, body count of each movie. Yeah. Body count. Let's do the body count, Charlie. What is is the body count, body count of Cobra? The body count of Cobra is 52. 41 of those is by Cobra himself. One by the supermarket killer, the rest by the night slasher. So who was the bad guy in this movie? Yeah. Who was the most dangerous person that the cops should be looking into? It was Mr. Like dead eye Cobra, 
who can just one shot kill everyone with headshots, even grenades, carries grenades with him everywhere. Yeah, but... why don't he have grenades? He had grenades in a little uh, fanny pack pouch. Yeah, he had like a little duffel pouch and he, uh-huh. he rolls out like four grenades, the laser submachine gun we talk about, and then his regular <laughs> sidearm. And it's a, again, it's that whole trope of the never ending ammo in the machine gun. He never reloads. It's only like a 30 round clip. Okay. I can do math. He killed 41 people. <laughs> Dude. Did you notice too, that he's in the same room with Brigitte? She's trying to sleep and he's there building this gun and it's just snap, click, click. Oh, snap, I know. Snap. And she wakes up. He goes, Oh, you couldn't sleep. And she's like, no dick. You were building a machine gun over there as loud <laughs> as you could. Of course, was, he couldn't sleep. That was after the hot, hot cobra love scene in that movie, too. You know. Yeah, I wish I had a tougher name. Yeah, uh, come on, dude. Come Get on. Here. Uh, so, no, so that's our that's the first official body count for these movies. And like Dan said, we're gonna we're gonna try and do that in these episodes. I think it fits well. And uh, if yeah. I can't find it online, I'm going to watch the movie and count them. Yeah, here watching enough times, folks. It's fine. All right, Charlie, let's get to the point now that everyone looks forward to the Al Leong rating system, which we still need a drop for this. We need a drop, but I'm also going to drop some knowledge before we do our rating. Unbeknownst to many people, one of the main villains in this movie was supposed to be Al Leong. What? And the reason why he was not cast is apparently, I didn't know about this. You didn't know about it either. When I talked to you about it, there was like this coalition of people that were against Asians being hired as villains in movies. I guess that made sense. I mean, back in the day you had a bunch of like bad guy ninjas and you had a bunch of, yeah, James Bond villains that were Asian, I guess, and stuff like these dudes are just wanting to get paid. (laughs) If they don't, if they feel like they're being stereotyped or being mistreated, they would not be going for these roles. I mean, I'll I'll point out this one thing because I don't know when we'll ever do the movie. It's one I well, want. Al Leong do. was never an actor anyway, so no. But there is. I watched the Al Leong movie that's out. That's like his mm-hmm. autobiography. Stuntman. Uh, I think it's just called the Al Leong story. Okay. All right. Um. So he was, he was filming a movie, I think with John Carpenter at one point, I don't think it was big trouble, but it might've been. And they wanted a studio wanted him to be one of the main villains in rapid fire with Brandon Lee and Allion really wanted to do it. He wanted to work with Brandon Lee, obviously because of the ties with Bruce Lee. Um, and he could, the studio, John Carpenter had not have a problem with it. The studio told him, no, we can't give you the break. <coughs> Excuse me he goes, come on, just what, what do I have to do? Can I just, what, what can I do? They go, look, you're not being filmed on like a Saturday night till like the next day, but we're not paying you to go. You're, you're on your own. So he bought his own plane ticket, flew out for like a couple of hours shoot to be the bad guy in one of probably the most iconic battle in battle scenes for a martial arts movie in rapid fire with Brandon Lee flew out, did the fight, flew back and went back to work. So why does there have to be a coalition telling my man that he cannot be in a movie as a villain? When I think it would have been awesome to have Al Leong in this movie, to be honest. It's awesome to have Al Leong in any movie, dude. Yeah. Not the main villain. He didn't have to, I mean, you could have still had Brian Thompson, 
But he could have been he could have been the dude in the guest or the the grocery store at the beginning. Exactly. He could have been that guy. It, they actually got a guy that's uh other cu- other culturally looking like Al Leong, I guess is the safe way to say it. But that's my rant. Leong. That's my rant. Uh we had a chance to have Al Leong in the in the movie and we didn't. Well, Charlie, let's let's play the box office number game. Charlie, what do you think the estimated budget for Cobra was? Well, A, we know it's canon. B, we know they needed more money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, $20 Ah, uh, 25 That was close. $25 million. yeah. Uh, opening box office weekend, U.S. numbers, 25th of May, 1986. Were you, what, were you like two, Charlie? 86, I was six years old. You were six. Okay, you're, I'm older than you. Yes, you are. Uh, by a couple. Um, so it made twelve million sixty uh six hundred fifty three thousand thirty two dollars. Yeah, it was not a success. New. No. So, but gross worldwide was forty nine million. So, so it, almost doubled its money worldwide. Yeah, it it made money at the end of the day. Um, for Canon, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, this what was the year for this movie again? Eighty eighty six. Yeah, so we're only four years away from their bankruptcy in 1990. Yeah, and you said they it was over. They cut it down to 87 minutes. 87, yeah. So it was over two hours, and they cut like 40 minutes out of it. So that's that math almost adds up right there. Right. I mean, this is at this point, Canon 86 and stuff. That, I mean, they they uh, what else were they making? I see they had just made King Solomon's Mines, Death Wish Three. So maybe that's why it had kind of a Charles Bronson, uh, Clint Eastwood kind of feel to it. Yeah. Uh, they were, they were still a few years away from making cyborg, um, over the top was the next year in 87 and over uh, top and masters of the universe over the top is the second movie in the, uh, movie deal they did with Stallone. They had a two picture deal and yeah. one was Cobra. The other one is over the top. Over the top. And yep. as unfortunately for most people that are fans of over the top, it was not a success either. Um, when it came out. It was considered another flop. I thought Over the Top was actually pretty good, though. I like I I like Cobra. There's a lot of canon mm-hmm. movies that were flops that didn't. Yeah, I love them, but they just didn't go over well at the time. I think they yeah, aged dude, better. Over the Top, another twenty five million dollar budget, worldwide gross sixteen million. Yeah, I I knew it was a pretty horrendous. That- one hurt and again warner brothers had distribution on that one as well yeah so, that warner brothers was the com- the company that was keeping canon afloat till till cyborg yeah it was it was pretty yeah. bad um let's go to the alleyong scale Mr. Charlie, what, what kind of how many alleyongs would you like to give the cobra i like i like this movie a lot it's um not my favorite Stallone, but it's up there. Um, this is like three and a half Ali Yonks for me. Um, it's high, high rewatchability. Some lines that are always going to be memorable. I, you know, you're the disease. I'm the cure. There's just a hint of comedy that just kind of keeps it. It keeps it from going way too like super dirty cop, you know, gritty cop. It still has a little bit of levity to it, but, um, no, three and a half alley ongs, I think is a solid, solid rating for this. What about you? Uh, 
I'm going to give it, hmm, I want to give it like two and a half, but I'm probably going to give it three. And I was going to say, you gave Hot Shots Park due two and a half, so I have yeah. to think Cobra was a little bit higher. Yeah, I'm going to give Cobra three. I, A, it, it has that Charles Bronson, Clint Eastwood feel, and that gives me the nostalgic vibes of watching those kind of movies with like my grandfather mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I kind of dug that quite a bit. Um, I get that they made him almost like a Punisher type of character. Where very, he, very he didn't much give so. A rat's ass anymore. Whatever he could do to help society and stop the bad guy was kind of was kind of yeah. cool. I dug that. I liked the comedy in it. It, like I said, it was Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry had almost no comedy. This had comedy. Yeah. Well, Dirty Harry had no comedy unless you're just goofy and you think it's funny, which I kind of do in certain places. Exactly. But uh, Cobra had that. Um, you did have some goofy-ass stuff in it with, like, you know, the the robot dates film camera. By the way, the guy that was the photographer yeah, in, in that whole thing, he was in a very short-lived TV series that I ended up I actually really liked called Sledgehammer. Oh, okay. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It was the Sledgehammer guy. And speaking uh, on that guy, you want to talk yeah. about them really poking into that whole sleazy end of oh. Hollywood and model making where he's like trying to get him to sleep with him and he's not even hiding it about advancing yeah. her career. He tells her, he goes, well, at least could help your career or something. I like, was, I, almost, I got that sound clip. I was going to put it in here and I was like, I'm not even nah, talking, dude. Nah, that's, we were happy he got killed, you know, basically. Yeah, I, was, I was like, that's, that's pretty bad, but. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get, I'll give it three. Like I said, I thought it was pretty cool. The, just the, he was just, he was slick. He was Mr. Slick, you know, kind of thing. He's a very he always, cool. He's very cool Did he cool ever take character. his gloves off? Yes, because I think there's a scene where he's actually putting them back on. I can't remember what that scene is exactly, but. Okay. He uh, always wore like black leather gloves too. Yeah, black leather, full yep. full finger, not even fingerless, full no. finger gloves, no. always wearing a jacket. So I'm guessing December in Los Angeles is cool. No, you know, it's still pretty hot, I think. But you know. <laughs> sunshine and everything. Uh, yeah, it's it's still pretty hot, I think. Uh, and of course, at the end, he rides off on the motorcycle with the girl, listening to the McCafferty <sighs> and the Beaver Brown band. He could have been listening to. But no, which actually is probably two situations. Better for us. Yes. Better for us. All righty. Well, let's go ahead and close up the show. You got anything else? You got anything else to add to this? This. I, th- this I think we've we've covered the movie, man. It's all right. So then the let's go. Let's go ahead and, and and do the housekeeping stuff. Obviously, we want to give a shout out to our friends at Sludgecast. If you're into monster movies, if you like the King of All Monsters, check out Sludgecast. Charlie has been on there twice now, I think. Yep, twice. Uh, Ultimate Action Movie Club. Check them out at ultimateactionmovies.com and see some of Charlie's writings. If you are in the Johnson City and or Bristol, Tennessee areas, check out the Mountain Empire Comics. Go say hello to Diane and Rob. You can check them out on Facebook as well. Uh, We'd like to say hello to Pete. And everyone over a good beer, bad movie, check those guys out. Always check out Poster Smash's work on Instagram if you get a chance to. They're also in the uh, the group. Pretty awesome there. Yep. Um, you know what? The group, the Facebook group. We have a Facebook page, and we have a Facebook fan group. 
get on the page because that's how we promote a lot of stuff through Facebook itself because yeah. the way Facebook works. But the group is really, 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 really where it's at. It is where we continue the conversations, start the conversations. We put up some poll questions. People like to guess what movie we're doing each week. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of the fun is. It's the extension of this. You 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 guys choose to listen to us ramble for an hour or so every couple of weeks, but the group everyone can ramble through. Oh yeah, the Facebook. Post. Anybody can share on it. <laughs> it's it's a good way to interact with us with yeah. everyone else. Yeah. Share something that maybe we don't know about, or you know, try to stump me with a movie. You know, that, uh, I've been been noticing Pete's been trying to do that lately. Yes. Yeah. See if yeah. he can stump. Try. Have you seen this? Um, yeah. But no, it's really good. So if you find us on the Facebook page, the page has a button that literally mm-hmm. says join group. Click it. Um, we'll get you in there. Uh, it's growing. It, it, we've added quite a few recently. We're over we're, we're, we're 200 members? Uh, about the two, time of this recording. As of this recording, right around 208. Yep. Uh, check us out on Instagram. Charlie does a lot of stuff on there. Yep. Uh, I'll try to mix uh, it up you, a little bit over there. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, it's always is it good, good stuff. stuff. Anything I put is good. <laughs> Caught me like, off what? guard what? there. Who? What? what? We um, asking me questions during the housekeeping. I don't know, man. I'm a dumbass. Uh, you can always email us at here we go, Pete. G M B M A M P O D at gmail.com. That is the letters that spell out. Give me back my action movies pod at gmail.com. Wherever you listen to us, whether it be um, Podbean or iTunes, or I believe we're even on Alexa. If you go, Hey Alexa, play, give me back yeah. my action movies. The Spotify, Spotify, uh, all kinds of things, wherever you're at, subscribe. If you can like and review, do so. Yeah. We um, but the that. most, the most powerful thing you can do to help us, if you like the show at all, if, even if you don't like the show, it's fine. Torture others, but tell your friends. Tell your friends about the show. Maybe you don't think that Steve and the other cubicle would be into some of these action movies. And little do you know, he cosplays as Mr. Button on the weekends. You don't know. You don't know. So tell your friends about us. And like I said, if you don't like them, it doesn't matter. Just tell them anyway so we can torture them for an hour. They could be like Rosewood and Beverly Hills Cop 2 with a Cobra poster behind their bedroom door. Exactly. You, know, you don't and, know what you're going to get. And Big Al the Turtle. So, uh... That's all. I, that's about all I got. I mean, it, I stick around because, like I said, Charlie and I have kind of discussed a little bit about the uh, next kind of few movies episodes we're going to do on here, but we don't really have them all hammered out. So that's kind no. of going to be fun for us, even. Yep. But Maybe we well, should play. Well, guess what movie we're going to do? Uh, we are actively doing that right now. <laughs> that's a good point. All right, Charlie. Well, I'm out of my uh, Road Crew Motorhead uh, beverage in this can. I'm out of my so, whiskey. Yes. So we're going to go ahead and call it a uh, an episode, a night, I guess, at this point. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, Charlie, you got anything? I'll be back. I knew you'd say that.